You're listening to the BU Hockey Show on WTBU Sports. Welcome to episode 28 of the BU Hockey Show. On the men's side, it's the Ethan Phillips. Woo. And boy, do we have a mixed bag of numbers for you on both sides. Okay. Here. On the men's side, it's Ethan Phillips, Joel Farabee, Johnny McDermott, Dylan Lawrence. On the women's side, it's mm. currently Catherine Poulem, followed by Savannah Newton, Louise Warren, and Sophie Thornton. The only four people to wear 28 in the women's players' history. I'm like 50% on those names. Okay, so we obviously know Ethan Phillips, Joel Farabee, for obvious that's reasons. That's a good run. In our time here, that's, that's a, good, a good, run. good run. Then we go to Johnny McDermott, who played 14 games as a freshman at BU in 16-17. One assist. Went back to the USH, USHL, and then transferred to Providence College, where he played 79 games had a goal and seven assists. The reverse Jay O'Brien. And has no long has has not played since. Jay's doing it better. Correct. <laughs> okay. Then we go Dylan Lawrence, who I mean, you talk about married to the game. Uh oh. <laughs> Over Where he, is at it? BU Saskatchewan. At BU he so he's right now he's twenty seven. Yeah. He's from Toronto, Ontario. So at BU he played thirty four games as a freshman, one goal, minus ten. Did mm. not play at all in fourteen fifteen, the yeah. Eichel year. Uh. Um and then 15, 16, three games. That's it. Did not play 16, 17. 2017, 18, he was with the Edinburgh Capitals in the English Ice Hockey League. Oh, my God. And the Melbourne Ice in the Australian Ice Hockey League. They have hockey there? Yes. They don't even have snow. So in 60 games between those, he had 19 goals and 20 assists for 39 points. And then the following season, back to the English Hockey League, the EIHL. Coventry Blaze. 54 games, 8 goals, 8 assists, 16 points. Then again with the Coventry Blaze in the next year, 44 goals, or 44 points, 10 goals, 44 games, 10 goals, 13 points, or 13 assists, 23 points. I can't read. And then last year in Dunkirk in France, for the second tier French league, 3 games, 2 goals, 2 assists, 4 points. And now this year, currently back in the EIHL with the Dundee Stars, 37 games, Seven goals, nine assists, 16 points, on pace for 21 points. He's been around the block. Like, <laughs> I mean, incredible. you talk about married to the game. Yeah, that, that guy. He His uh, his career is just his passport. Like, By the <laughs> way, apologies to the nation of, uh, of Australia. They do have snow. They have yes. destinations. Uh, the Australian Alps. Yeah. That's nuts. And Perisher, Threadbow, the Charlotte Pass, and Mount Baba. Go on. Sure. It gets better <laughs> when we get into the deep names on the women's side. Okay. Um, so Savannah Newton. Where's she from? Did uh, she go to North or Sackville, South? Sackville, Nova Scotia. Oh, she didn't go to Newton. No, no. But 10 games as a freshman, no points. 38 games as a sophomore, six assists. 37 games as a junior, 11 assists. 33 games as a senior, one goal, two assists. Okay. She was a defenseman, defender. And then played two years pro in Sweden and called it. Add in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Or, did what the other guy should have done. <laughs> um, and we get Luis Warren, who captained BU. Wow. Forward. When? Um, she played from 2010 to 2014 as a freshman, five goals, 10 points. Sophomore, the as, years. sophomore assistant captain, eight goals, 18 points. Mm-hmm. Junior assistant captain, 15 goals, 34 points. Senior assistant captain in 13, 14, or senior captain in yeah. 13, 14, 27 goals. My God. 19 assists. She's a player. 46 points. And then played. Where's she now? Uh, she played with the Calgary Inferno from 2014 to 2019 in the CWHL. And I'm assuming. That's kind of sick um, that they were the Inferno. 
Yeah. With the Flames. So five years pro in the CWHL, and I believe she called it after the CWHL folded. Dang. Um, that, uh, wow. She's a program legend we never heard of. And now we're going to pull up Sophie Thornton quickly. Yes. Um, she was the first 27 or 28 in the history of the team. Uh, also defense, three seasons, 56, uh, 74 games, one goal, one assist. Okay. But dang, played a lot. That was a deep dive. I mean, that was that is a historian. Um, I thought those were all production you just of did mentioning. There. Yeah, because of the Providence thing. Very interesting. And then uh, McDermott, no, that the other guy, uh, Dylan Lawrence, just being yes. absolutely committed to the dream here. He, he is. Um, and then some, <laughs> some a pretty interesting tidbit on Luis Warren, who we yeah. had never heard of. That's crazy. All righty. Well. I mean, I feel like that starts us off pretty strong. Five minutes on the history of the team. Because I feel like we've done more research for this episode than maybe any in the show's history. I mean, I you've done more for your bracket. For my bracket, you've done it for that. And we've done it for the team awards, which we'll start with. I feel like we're prepared for this. Yeah. For once. So should People we go through what we said before the year? Yeah, we should. Uh, well, we should start. Which side? Wait, which one? We did the women's... Ones first, so we'll do those. Keep All right. people listening too to the men's. Yeah, keep them around. So women's team. Although everybody wants to listen to the women's stuff too, so women's team before anyway. the season. I don't know if I want to hear this. MVP, I said Kate Stewart. You can make a case for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't pick her in the end, but you can still make a case yeah, for yeah, her. Yeah, that's reliable. You said Courtney Korea. Bang, which is clearing away. Okay, Courtney so we Korea. both agree that she was the MVP. Yes, I agree. Uh, she was just voted it too. They had like a team banquet. Today. Yep. Yeah. Defensive player of the year. I said Alex Allen. I was also torn with Nadia Mativi. Yeah. You said Nadia Mativi I after initially saying Kate Stewart because we were conf- I oh. got confused over what we yeah. meant by Defensive Player of the Year. I guess I still stick um, with those two. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I wrote down here for my postseason. I wrote down Mativi because even if she hasn't been that, you know, Abby Cook, like which we probably unrealistically expected from her, I think defensively she's been solid as always. And. Women's Offensive Player of the Year. I said Courtney Correa. Bang, bang, boom. Easy. Clear. You said Julian Harris. Case to be made. Yeah, is there? Somewhat. Is there? Somewhat. Uh, comeback Player of the Year. I said Nearest. Whoa, you're, you're zipping right through that one. Right? No, because I was going to come back to it and go to oh, our current oh, 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 oh. ones. Okay. Comeback Player of the Year. You said Nearest. Or I, I said Nearest. You said Emma Wuthrich. Women's Seventh Player. I said Emma Wuthrich. I mentioned Haley Blankhorn, but decided to stick with Wuthrich. Um, and you said Andy Calderoni, but also said you almost went with Brooke Ursoy, uh, but stick, stuck with Calderoni. Yeah, I'm changing and that one. For Women's Hockey East. Oh, my gosh. Wait. No, let's, let's, stick, wanna, let's okay. stick with the BU stuff here. Um, so, Defensive Player of the Year, who do you have? Post season? Well, MVP, I have Courtney Correa. Me too. Offense Player of the Year, Courtney Correa. I want McKenna Parker. Okay. I feel like this year she was the player you thought she was. Nine goals, seven assists, second on the team in points at 16. First on the... Ten, or, uh, ten goals, eight assists, 18 points. What am I looking at? Don't look at GoTerriers.com. Look at oh, Hockey East Online. Because GoTerriers.com has two McKenna Parkers on that list. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll, I'll trust your math. I still go with that one. Yeah, look at Hockey East for those. Okay. Um, <laughs> cool. But McKenna Parker, 10 goals, eight assists, 18 points, 32 games. I still go with Courtney Korea for both. Well... Yeah, if she wasn't my... I mean, MVP, if you made me choose you, a different yeah, one... Yeah, that's I'd what I did. Probably still go McKenna Parker or Julian Nearest, but okay. I already picked Nearest for Comeback Player of the Year. 
Okay. Um, defensive player of the year. I had Nadi Mativi. Yes, me too. Because um, even the the bounce back offensively, three goals, nine assists, twelve points, solid in twenty nine games. With time she, missed, went with to time flip missed, in Italy or yeah, wherever that she was. She was still good defensively too. She had a bounce back year from a pretty up and down year last year. Yep, I agree. Um, and deserved it. Alex Allen too, like even offensively for her standards, three goals, four assists, seven points. Like if you're looking at her offensive numbers, that's great for her. And yeah. she was also fine, like just steady defensively. She's like, like the Thomas you Jarman, you know. It's like you don't you don't really notice her, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she probably deserves more luck than I'm giving her there with the defensive player of the year. But, okay. Breakout player of the year. I said Lacey Martin. Me too. Wow. Well, yes, she had a great year. She had a great second like, half. Quietly. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's probably why it was quiet. It was she the went second straight half. zeros until December fourth. Two assists. And that's when the team went straight zeros. That's interesting. She heated up when the team went cold. Yeah, but is she, Lacey Martin the pro? But after no. after getting no. on the board, we have one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah, eleven, twelve. Sorry, this is okay. horrible radio. Okay, um, but she has five goals, seven assists, twelve points since December fourth. So what's that like? Twenty games, ish. Yeah, yeah, almost a point per game. Not too shabby, Lacey Martin. Tied for 17, 12 points, 17 games since wow. December 4th. Tied for fourth on the team in points at the end of the year. And yep. she, she started two months in, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. All right, cool. Um, Then what it is? Comeback, uh, comeback player of the year, cool. I said Julie Nears. I said Jesse DeVito. She played 30 games this year. She played eight two years ago with Wisconsin. She didn't even get on the ice last year due to injury. She came back this year and played 30 flipping games. 27. But still, she only had five assists, and she had 16 penalty minutes, and I mean, this doesn't have shots or anything. She wasn't exactly a star. And she was out of the lineup by the end of the year. But for her to come in and play that many games, I would say is a comeback after a season-ending injury a year ago. And I said Julian Iris because to miss pretty much all of last year. Yeah. Although, what was it, 12 games like? But to have not but played play, since December yeah. and to come back, play the full season, like 30, aside yeah. from a couple games, yeah, five goals, 16 points, 16 assists, 21 points, albeit there was still a lot to be desired down the stretch. Mm. Like I think we're still waiting to see the full like onslaught of Julian Ears' talents. Yeah. Um, very much a great year for her after she started out great last year and got it cut short. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, maybe I would change to her, but uh, shout out Jesse DeVito. Okay, I'm still with you, Jesse. Rookie of the year, Callie Shanahan. Easy. Don't even need to talk Bang. about. It. I mean, Christina Vogt Christina was good Vogt's in the mix. She was she was good to start the year. It was kind of she and Lacey Martin traded spots. <laughs> yeah, they're the same person. Um, yeah, Shanahan was just she blew the other rookies out of the water because really in the conference. Although yeah, rookie well, of the year went to Abby Nohook. But as far as like young goaltenders to go in the conference. She was right up there so with the best of them. It's actually crazy how much Christina Vogt and Lacey Martin switched spots. Oh, no. Since December 4th, which is when Lacey Martin picked up her first point, mm-hmm. Christi- uh, Christina Vogt had one point. And it oh, was God. one goal. Before that, she had... <laughs> it's actually crazy. Her last point before that entire stretch with just one goal mm-hmm. was December 3rd. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's crazy. That is interesting. The numbers that behind bananas. the plays. But, okay, that round, takes us to seventh. Rounding player. it out, yeah. 
Ellie Larson as my <gasps> seventh too. player award. Wow. Yes. She easily. Yeah. That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what did she what were her stats? Nothing. Um, she had a goal she in had the last two home goals, game. five assists, seven points. <laughs> That's it. In twenty six games. Seventh player though. No doubt about well, it. Well, because she did it all. She, she did played, everything you need to do. She played forward. She played defense. Scored a highlight real goal as a forward in this on senior day. Yeah, that's what I'm remembering. I'm sure, and, but but like she, you never. It's kind of like Alex Allen, where you never noticed her for anything bad. And coming into the year, we were just like, oh, she's just gonna be like the extra skater, or just fill yep. a hole, be that senior leader. Did it the, all. Like, did way more than we expected of her. One hundred and forty-three college hockey games played. That's bananas. <laughs> that's insane. That's almost that two seasons insane. for an NHL player. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Ellie Larson. What a career. I don't know if she has hockey opportunities beyond college, and but I hope she does. Yeah. Almost tied a career high in points, which was her freshman year at RIT, uh, nine points with four goals. I have on Elite Prospects 16 points her sophomore year. Oh. Oops. Unless this. <laughs> no, it's definitely Ellie Larson. Um, yeah, good for her. I wish she had a letter this year. I wish she, I wish she got the Max Kaufman treatment. I'm sure, uh, like, yes, she true. probably acted like a leader. Like, she probably had an, you know, a, an invisible A, shall we say. But it would have been cool to see her get a, a letter. Especially well, when you only had one captain. had a, had a invisible, invisible A, because they decided they wanted to do it by committee because they had such a big senior class. So, women's hockey's predictions ripped the bandaid off. Oh, on they this were one. so bad. Rip they it. were so bad. So it actually, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's fine. We even messed up nine and ten. Um, what? So I we they were pretty much the same. They were exactly the same for us. Northeastern, Providence, BC, BU. Oh, I had UConn five. You had UConn five. You had Whoa. Vermont five. I had UConn six. You had. Uh, no, I had Vermont six. You had UConn six. Um, UNH, yeah. Maine, Holy Cross, Merrimack. Yeah, that is bad. And so, in reality, we got it was Northeastern, which we had right. Vermont, which we both had as Providence like in second place. Five and place. six, and we had for Vermont, right? Yeah, or four and five or something. UConn, which we I had five, you had six. Yeah. BC, we both had third. Maine, we both had eighth. Oh God. BU, we both had fourth. Providence, we both had second. Yeah, that's the big one. UNH, we both had seven. Merrimack, we both had tenth. And Holy Cross, we both had ninth. I mean, we got the basement. Like, we got the the teams that were going to be there. We knew that. (laughs) That's about all we knew. No, because we were were, were even wrong on the bottom three in their order. Yeah, but we had We we didn't hit on a single one aside from Northeastern. That's tough. Parity. And we said said Merrimack was going to finish last. They were 247 win percentage. Holy Cross didn't even win a tenth of their games. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Although points percentage. They had one they winning did, conference. They didn't points even. Percentage, they did, it's not that they didn't win a tenth of their games. It's that they didn't get a tenth of the points available. Oh, my God. So that's if there are three points available. Oh they didn't no. get point three points every game. They were worse than that. That was that's one to forget. Yeah, we we turned the page on that one for us and for Holy Cross and for BU in a sense, but more on the future outlook next episode. Yeah, okay. next episode's going to be our season recaps. Really, outlooks. season a little big picture. 
Okay, so now moving on to the men's side. Yes. At the beginning of the year, MVP. I don't remember I, who I said. I picked Jay O'Brien. I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure you did. You picked I, Alex Vlasic. You right? picked Alex Vlasic. Yeah, there's a case for both. I don't think they're the guy, but there's a case. D- Men's Offensive Player of the Year. I said Luke Tuck. Oh, ah, um, Dylan Peterson was better than him. Yeah, and I did think about uh, Mastro Simone, um, but you said Wilmer Skoog. Bang. Um, yes. Men's Rookie of the Year. Man, we could not have been on more oh. opposite sides of the spectrum for this pick. Don't tell in me we said of, Tyler Boucher. Ter- I no, said no. it, didn't I? No, 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 no. Me and you could not have been on more opposite oh, sides God. of the spectrum in terms of being correct Ooh. in what actually happened. I like that. I was horribly wrong. <laughs> okay. I said Tyler Boucher. Ah, No, and I you, thought he was going to be a great fit, too. You, with the pick of the century, Ty Gallagher. Woo! Why did I say that? I have to listen back. <laughs> why, did I, why, why did I say him? Um, <laughs> I'm glad I did. Well, why did I do that? Um, because you were like, you know, like they have no right shot D, so yes. he's gonna have to play. He he's gonna really contribute. Yes. You said on the power play, which he didn't as much, but he did a lot of even strength. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm happy. Wow. Men's defensive player of the year. I said Alex Vlasic. You said Drew Camesso. Ah, uh, the goalie um, thing is tricky. Um, and yes, we also had a note on Case McCarthy, who Ooh. I said. There's someone who there's no reason for him to not be in this mix other than the inconsistency. There you and go. And you said, what if, you know, junior year, he figures it all out and it clicks. I'm on a heater. <laughs> I can't be stopped. <laughs> and then, but you didn't I'm pick him. You, the, but you didn't pick him. You said Drew Camesso. Pause the show. I'm going agree, to the encore. You agreed with me. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Josh, we're going to encore. Um, <laughs> men's comeback player of the year. I said Ethan Phillips. Yes. You said Ty Monty. You didn't even want to pick anyone for that, though. I didn't want to jinx them. You, you didn't want to pick anyone for that, and you said Ty Monty. Men's seventh player of the award, I said Matt Brown. You said yep. Nick Zabane. Yeah. You're closer there. Okay. That's pretty good. I feel like we're on the right track there. So, so who's your who's your MVP? I went back and forth on this a lot before the show. Ooh. I'm going Wilmer Skoog. I'm going Dom Fensori. Okay. Is that, was that your other one? It yeah. was um, my top three... I kept like just rotating. Oh, okay. Kept rotating with Skoog, O'Brien, Fensori. Interesting. Yeah. O'Brien, the knock was he was hurt maybe a little too much, but it was evident when he was in the lineup, the value to his team, if you want to say most valuable player. I guess so, yeah. I feel like Skoog certainly did, he did plenty this year, but I feel like he, it, it, nothing against him. It's more like when Fensori was on the ice, you knew he was on the ice. Like just the way that he yeah. dominated play with his puck movement, um, and even adding it more of the defensive element of his game because he was certainly you know p- power play capable in the past, but I feel like this year he he steadied defensively, maybe not so much in some of the bigger games at the end, um, but I think he he had a really good year all around. Was right, you're, you're most s- mostly deserving of that Hobie top ten, or no, was he not top ten? He was no, he was he, just was, the, he was their nominee. Yeah, I, I thought he deserved that. No, I agree. Okay, good. So. I want to switch from Skoog to Fensori. Oh, welcome. I've swayed um, you. Well, I mean, Skoog, it's obviously with the production, especially down the stretch. Like, just big. Yes. Like, his, aside from the lacrosse goal in Maine, pretty much all his production mattered. Right. That's a very um, good point. But, yeah, Fensori, like, man, I could only imagine their breakout without him. Yeah. Good point. So, I there don't know. you go. I don't know. Well, I still like Skoog. So, Skoog is easily offensive player of the year for you because he was for me. 
I put, all I put O'Brien. Reasons. Oh, my gosh. Because he was their only guy clo- even close to a point per game. Yeah. I guess I don't have O'Brien on my list at all. I, Interesting. I, oh, He's got to be Offensive player of the year is where you can look at just sheer numbers. And yeah. He was the only guy even close to, well, Fensori 31 and 35, Skoog 30 and 35. Yeah. But as far as sheer point per game, O'Brien's up there 22 and 24. All right. Makes sense. Yeah, I wouldn't Skoog there, but yeah, you can't and go a, wrong Until with those Skoog two. really started to surge around, like, with everyone else, January, February, March, or everyone else petered off in March. He stayed. True. Um, him and O'Brien really went into that tier of yeah. creating offense simply by them, just being there, yep. being themselves. De- um, so defensive, you... Defensive player of the year, Case Dom? McCarthy. Wow. It's between him and Vlasic. But McCarthy being mostly available the whole year, well, no, it's probably hard on Vlasic. Because he, he missed a little time very early, missed the bean pot, which feels big, missed the main series. Other than that, he was yeah, he was I mean, available. So I'm I'm looking at like McCarthy kind of aside from the game against UConn, we kind of said Case McCarthy reverted to his old ways a little bit. Um, I thought really like what we said, you know, he has the tools; it just needs to come together. I thought <laughs> it really came together. I think so too. Um, and maybe that makes him a candidate for Breakout Player of the Year. Um, Ooh, might definitely be a does. Fit. Definitely does. I have someone else there. Um. Alex Vlasic does deserve some credit. Defensive no, no, he year. does, and so so does Dom in that category. Yeah. There's a lot of guys that could fit these several categories. I mean, that whole junior class, like that was their like their collective breakout. Yes, for those juniors, when it was like, this is what you were waiting for from this class of defensemen. You got that this year, which is nice. Yes. Breakout, breakout player of the year. I said Dylan Peterson. Really? Yes. Yeah, I thought about him, but he was even good as a freshman. Maybe not as productive, but I remember like him. He was. It's not like he had a big jump. I didn't think he had five point or six points in sixteen games last year. Sixteen points in twenty nine games this year. So Kinda little. Similar. So a little more than double the production and a little less than double the games. Yeah, I guess so. So the points per game went up. Yep. All right. Fair pick. Ten Max, goals. Ten Max, goals too. I go Max Kaufman. Yeah, Max I mean, Kaufman I, don't or, of, I don't think of breakout player of the year as the graduate who's leaving though. I guess that's true, but even like certainly the start of two seasons ago, probably the start of this year, if you had said this guy's going to sign an AHL contract, you would have thought it was like a joke. Yeah. But no, the fact, the season he had, and I think of especially, well, the UNH overtime goal to really spark that whole win streak, but also the the BC goal a week later, like that that breakaway goal, like he showed legitimate talent. Two goals talent. BC, two on one with the Monty yes, too. Yes, yes. Like, that was his kind of defining game in what yeah. became. Like, he was a, a big game player, a guy you can rely on in a All top nine role. Like, I didn't, you know, I remember him in his UVM days. Like, he's just kind of there. He was a guy. Aside from his sophomore year when he had 12 points in yeah. 20 games. Like, a solid player. But that was only in the conference. He had 21 points in 29 games. But, no, he had a, an awesome season, um, I thought. Even yeah. He wasn't up there in the very top of the stat producers. I thought he was great so, all year. So he went in two years at BU, 40, uh, 49 games, 19 points, 7 goals. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Because we said we just wrote him off as the next Alex Brink. Well, exactly. Outside of his outlier uh, 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 sophomore have. year. Nothing against Alex Brink. No. Nothing <laughs> against Max Willman. Well, Alex Brink got himself a pro deal this year, too. It's true. Max Willman, NHLer. Yeah. Yeah. That, so look for the next we'll grad transfer. Look for the next grad transfer. Um, 
Okay, so I, I had Peterson. You know, obviously the beanpot goal is big. Yep. Um, but even, like, you notice that he had that hat trick earlier in the year. Um, it was just kind of like when he was in the lineup because he had, like, a stretch in January where he was out with injury. Um, and I think there was a stretch in the first semester, too, he might have been out with injury. Um, but when he was in the lineup, he, like, the... I think it was just... I don't know. But... <laughs> When he like when he was in the lineup again, like he had moments where you know he could show you like a Scoog and O'Brien where he can kind of do it himself. Yeah, and just at least maybe I just noticed it more. Um, but with the puck, like he like the puck never left his stick. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's six foot three and really like lanky, and you wouldn't expect that a guy that tall to be able to have the hands that he does. Definitely, and those were really on display this year. Yeah, and the skating. Yeah, he played defense for a game. <laughs> at Brown, he was the yes. defensive uh, yes. defensive guy. Him and Cockrell, which takes me to the comeback player of the year. And I said, I kind of, I said, well, I got at, at the beginning of the year, you want to put Cockrell, which feels kind of cheap because he. I really, did. You initially said you I, want you wanted wow. to say Cockrell because, but then we were like, that's kind of cheap because he really didn't miss that many games last I year. I want to say Cockrell now. It's just that he wasn't the same player after he missed the handful of games last year. And I don't know if he was necessarily the same player this year either. No. He showed up in the bean pot, especially that semifinal. Um, big, you know, the big game player kind of thing. Uh, great captain from everything we hear. But also played 30 games. And I don't know if we could have necessarily saw that coming for him. So I like that. But the other guy who I'm guessing you would probably say. I said Ethan Phillips. Oh, I said Joe Campolito. Uh, Ethan Phillips going away. Interesting. Camp, uh, Campolito could also be a. He played breakout player of the year. He played Phillips every game. Played like the first period. Yeah, I like. I mean, anyone can play every game. That's true. Ethan Phillips played the first period of the season opener last year and missed the rest of the year with a concussion. Yeah. Comes back and has himself a pretty great year. It was like four goals in four games or something. Yeah, like, and he had seventeen points yeah. in twenty eight games. Because at the beginning of the year too, seventeen points. Yeah, holy moly! At the beginning of the year too, we said he, when a, when a lot of things weren't going right, he was one of the guys that we were still noticing for positive reasons. Uh huh. And it was just production's got to come, and it did in the second half. Yeah. Again, a lot of these things ride with the success of the team, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think I put Campolito also just because of like a, a comeback in terms of the perception of him. I like no, no one grew it so much in that than he did for us anyway. So, so so if you completely throw away Ethan Phillips' season last year, the one game. As a freshman, two goals, eight assists, 10 points in 31 games this year. Six goals, 11 assists, tw- 17 points in 28 games. Yeah, produces when he's there. That's true. Yeah, he is probably the, the best pick. So you got that one. Nailed it. Rookie of the year, I think, is the easiest one. Ty Gallagher. Yep. Bingo. He was Orange. awesome. He looks Look. great at the college level, and they weren't even supposed to have him. Nope. Roman Schmidt opted to go to juniors. Thanks, Roman. Smell you later. And... Notre Dame wanted to wanted Gallagher to play a year junior. He didn't want to do that. BU wanted him right away. Bing, bang, boom. Andy's a Bruins prospect. Andy, I mean, it all. I think I still want to kind of see it next year, but he's kind of looking like a steal in the seventh round. Ty Gallagher is the kind of guy that in ten years we might have a Bruins jersey of him. Maybe, like that's it's possible. This, it's the, plausible. The ceiling is the ceiling, or like the sky's the limit. There's there's a saying. I. Like the ceiling is the roof. The, yeah, um, that one. That, sorry, that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still. I I think the 
like obviously looking like a very promising prospect in one year of sample size since being selected in the seventh round. I still want to see it next year. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but true. there's definitely reason for optimism. I agree with all that. Seventh player, seventh last player one. of the year. You go first. Oh my god, this is. I want to hear because I, I don't know if mine is so outlandish or not. Brian Carabas. Brian Carabas. <laughs> Let's go! Wow, the North Andover kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about like you didn't think you'd get anything, and look what he gave you. Even if uh, what was well, that's it? the whole Stats? thing too. It was uh, four goals, four assists, eight points in twenty-four games. He scored at Red yeah. Hot Hockey. He's got a better point percentage than uh, than Holy Cross. <laughs> <laughs> he scored in Red Hot Hockey. Uh-huh. He scored. Did he score against BC? No. Oh boy. I, I can click on him right here and see where he scored. Yeah, Jeez. we got to click on, on Patrick. Uh, he scored against Corn- Yeah, Red Hot Hockey. Merrimack against his home team, although <laughs> at, at Aganis. Um, at Providence in that big win yes. between the Bean Pots. Yes. Or before the. Nice goal. Yeah, between the Bean Pots. And against BC on February 26th. Yeah, big game scorer. Yeah. He was like... But like we, if we go at the beginning of the year and we're going through the team and we did not expect anything from this kid. No, not at all. Anything at all. It was a tiny freshman we, we class. We disrespected Brian Carabas. Same thing we did for Nick Zabney last year. A little bit. Yeah. Like, because he ended up being an every game player. But... Still lacking their production a little bit. And, but he's there. And even then, when he wasn't producing, like like we said, how he was great in small sample sizes. Yep. Because um, he would come in, have a great game, maybe score the next game or, you know... He would, like, come out of the lineup, come back in, and play well. Maybe he'd peter off by the end of it, but then he'd be out of the lineup, come back in, and play well. Well, he came in as the extra skater in the UConn playoff game, right? Yeah. Luke Tuck goes down, and he, I think he was serviceable. He wasn't Luke Tuck, but, like, he's, he Tuck held his wasn't own. Luke Tuck this year. Yeah, that's a good point as well. But, yeah, I, I think he gave you a whole lot more than you expected, and in the along the same lines of totally overestimating a guy, could see him no overestimating. Could see him being the Patrick Curry type. <laughs> oh my god! Just the play style, the knack for the big moment, um, ready when you need him. So I, that I think I was, I was kind of up there with uh, Matt Brown too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick. So he had twenty. He deserves a little mention. Like, yeah. Although, poor guy missed out on a trip to the hockey semifinals if he stuck, <laughs> stayed at Lowell. Whoops. One extra game. Yeah, one extra game. That's true. Got a trophy in the bean pot. Yes, he did. He's not getting a trophy this year. Good point. Unless yeah, but never I'm, know. I'm spoiling my bracket. Never picks. know. Ooh. Yeah, we're uh we got the half hour mark here. Um so now we have to finish the show with our bracketology. Well, we gotta do a quick moment on the hockey East championship. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, What'd you think of the and, tournament? And our hockey East standings for the men's. Oh gosh, that's right. Okay, go ahead. We're gonna be an hour episode here. Oh well. Playoff content. Okay. So hockey East standing predictions at the beginning of the year. I said UMass. It's close. They were second. Oof. I said that. You, you were seven seconds away from being right. <laughs> no, no, for the regular season standings. Yes, because Northeastern. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then I said BU, <laughs> BC, <laughs> Northeastern. Okay. Providence. Oof. UConn, UMass Lowell, UNH, Maine, Merrimack, UVM. You said BU. Uh-huh. Yikes. UMass. Uh-huh. Moving along. You head on UMass, BC, Northeastern, what Providence, UConn, UMass Lowell, UNH, Maine, Merrimack, UVM. We had the same outside of yeah, we the slept, first two. Yeah, we slept on Merrimack, slept on UMass Lowell. I mean, I think slept it's fair to say we slept, on, we slept on Merrimack. 
But in reality, it was Northeastern. I had UMass. You had BU. It was UMass. I had BU. You had UMass. So you hit on that one. I got that. Go on. Ta- like then on the then it was side. UMass Lowell. I had, we both had BC. Ooh. Wait, UMass Lowell. Oh, yes. Sorry. Three. Sorry, sorry. UConn, we both had Northeastern God. at four. Five was BU. We both had Providence. Six was Merrimack. We both had UConn. Seven was Providence. We both had UMass Lowell. Eight was BC. We both had UNH. Ah. Nine, UNH. We both had Maine. Ten, Vermont. We, we both had that? Merrimack. Eleven, Maine. We both had UVM. What are we doing with Merrimack? That's too bad. Um, Yikes. Yeah, we parity of the league was at an all-time high this year. On both sides. It's not our fault. It's just the league. <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing, though. It's a great good thing. thing. Good thing. Um, but the conference tournament, UMass taking it home again. Yep. Back-to-back champs. Their first two in program history. They get them consecutive years. Good for the Minutemen. Good for the Minutemen. And in the end, of the, in the end, good for UConn. Yes. To get there. I mean, yeah. They got two wins more than they had before yeah. in the hockey's playoffs. Yeah. But, man, they were right there. They're so close. One more. And you, you knew it was going to be that type of goal that was going to beat Hanson. Yeah. He was so good. I hope he gets a look somewhere. He was really good. Rebound control was shaky all night against UMass, but man, was he making saves. Yep. And and Matt Murray to his credit. Matt Murray wasn't tested as much, but no. I did say like Matt Murray's gonna like wet his diaper like he has before for UMass. No, and he, he didn't. Hasn't this year. No. Yeah. Which is like the previous Impressive. years, it'd be like he'd start okay, but then he'd inevitably lose the job to, um, what's his name, Lindbergh. Yep. That's true. So. Yep. Uh. Good run for UConn. It was fun to follow them along. Nice to see them beating Northeastern. Uh, Levi gave up a couple of the ones there. I uh, wonder with old Devin Levi. That one where he came sprawling out. The and, Torberg uh, and, and one Torberg was just bad all around. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Um, That's the one that stands out. Well, there was the first of. No, that was the. Yes, no, there first was. off opened the scoring in all three conference games for yeah, conference, conference tournament chairman. games. Yeah, Talk nuts. about first off. <laughs> um, first off. Let, <laughs> first off, the score sheet. Um, um, uh-huh. No. It, it, it was a good weekend, I think, for Hockey East because there were three competitive games. Yeah. The right? second one on Friday was significantly more intense than the first one. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. Significantly I mean, more entertaining. Friday at 4 p.m. is a tough time. and I, but like, They U, have to do it's it. It's the two but. UMasses, too. I don't know if UConn and UMass or UConn and Northeastern have much of a rivalry. Especially over the spring break. Yeah. That's, that was too bad that that's how the timing works. That's how it always works, though. Is what it is. It was fun to be there. Good tournament. And before we get into the bracket, there's some other conference tournament stuff. From an, the other side of the country oh that we God. have to get into. Oh. That is big as to why there are three Hockey East teams. Yeah, the CCHA the tournament. tournament. CCHA. Minnesota State and Bemidji State. Overtime. Minnesota State scores in overtime to apparently win the CCHA championship. Yep. Um, every They do the trophy on the ice. They celebrate. They go to the locker rooms. But wait. There's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, a, a replay angle. You, you definitely know this by now, but we're going to recap. The replay angle well, that was not available initially shows the net lift up slightly and the puck go in from the side of the net underneath it. I have not so many questions. the opening of the goal. Um, so many so, questions. Like half hour goes by and they're like, hold on, we're reviewing this. 
Yeah. Referees are already in street clothes. Some of them left, I guess. Yep. Fans are already gone. Yep. Bemidji State's still in their locker room because they've seen the replay. Their gear's still on. Minnesota State's in their locker room celebrating. With and, the trophy, right? Yeah, with the trophy. Yeah. And this goes on. This like an hour. It's, it's an hour later now, and they're like, all right, bring them back out after deliberation. It's no oh. goal. Insane. And they let anyone and everyone back in the building, not just fans, just anyone oh. who wanted to get in. What, it last 10 minutes? Um. And they did, like, a five-minute warm-up, and yeah. Minnesota State scored, like, a minute 26. Yeah, that's insane. So the probably the right team won in the end. Because if and, you and call it, was, it a goal and everybody leaves the ice, it's a goal. Like, you should have just left it there, right? Well, Is no, that, that's where I disagree. Oh. Because, well... You're glad so they did the whole review? Obviously, it was... The refs left the building. So, obviously, can I... Let me, let me finish here. Okay. Obviously, it didn't matter in the end. Minnesota State still won. Northeastern got in. Um... Which that was a big result because oh, if Bemidji won. State won, Northeastern would have, wouldn't have made it based yep. on the pairwise. But um, I think like not, and I'll I'll get into this quickly. But they did the right thing. That wasn't a goal. Uh, you see know. the replay; it's just not a goal. I I said at the time, bring them back out. It's not a goal. I don't care about the NCAA rules that they may or may not have violated. To all the Northeastern people yeah. who are having absolute cows over this because their team <laughs> almost missed the tournament. Almost. They're still in it. Guys, and it didn't guys matter. you're going. It didn't. And they're still, like, all day yesterday, that's all I saw from, yeah. like, the certain Northeastern tweets guys, and accounts that pop up on my timeline. You're going to Worcester, guys. It's and It's fine. like, I understand it night of, sure. But next day, you're still in the tournament. You're going. It's fine. It's over. <laughs> Minnesota State won anyways. And you're just laying an absolute egg, having a cow over this thing. Okay. And it's like they, like... And I understand if if said Bemidji State won, Northeastern's probably in court filing for in, something against the NCAA right. and CCHA. Right. But like it's the right thing to do. It wasn't a goal. That's what that's what, what sticks with me above all else. Because imagine being Bemidji State and you end a kid's career on a play that wasn't a goal. Sure. At the same time, but how can how can we like? But it's, it's not outrageous. It's a tough it's, precedence it's, to set. But it's not it's not outrageous. Like yeah, an hour, an hour going by is like tough. And, like, people joking, oh, the NHL should go back to 1999 and do it with Brett Hull's cup-winning goal if skate was in the crease. Like, that's obviously yeah. obviously different. But, like, I don't think an out, like, obviously the whole situation is ridiculous and right. probably once in a lifetime that we're going to see. I hope so. But, but I don't, I don't think it is because this is such a culture of reviewing where there are billions of cameras available, it feels like. And it's but that's also something in the first place. Why wasn't that camera angle available in the first that, place? That's the biggest question for sure. Um... The second biggest, how does the goal even jump up like that? Isn't there a peg in the ground? And isn't the goal on the peg? And then the goal pops off the peg, but the peg's still in the ground. So how does a puck slide where the post was? No, isn't there it, was a peg under, there? it was under the apron of the net. Oh, the side. Just like the very so beginning of the So it tipped up towards, oh, okay. But still. It's not a goal. It's it went not in a goal. from the side of the net. But they made the right decision. We have so many cameras in arenas, and there's only going to be more in years to come. And hopefully that technology also helps the, the whole thing speed up. But the fact that you can take so many looks at one thing and maybe one camera angle shows it differently, the other one doesn't. Like, maybe it's also part of watching March Madness right now because the last two minutes of a close game, you can take anything to review without a timeout or challenge or anything. It takes an hour to play the final two minutes of a basketball it's game. It's ridiculous. No the Every level. single out of bounds, both guys are saying, oh, it's on the other team. And then they go to review, and it's like, oh, well, it touched his pinky finger. If he trimmed his nails this morning, it would have been out of... Like, it's so dumb how it comes all the way down to the centimeter. Like, Welcome to the NHL on offside reviews after five minutes later of the puck being in the it's zone. It's just... It's the tough... Or it's, we don't know what goaltender interference is. 
But it's a hard precedent to set. I'm still team. If you can't see it in two minutes, then it's it's done. It is what it is. I, I guess that's true, but that wasn't the option here because they the, didn't even when, have it. Because when we found out about it, this thing was already going on. The process had already begun. Yeah, and so it's too late to go back. So you're already reviewing it. You can't just say, "Oh, we're reviewing it." And then actually, never mind. Yeah, so that's even more suspicious. I come back to, was it a goal? No, they did the right thing by making them come back out and play it. And it didn't even matter. Still Minnesota State won. They got the trophy again. And Northeastern got into their precious little tournament that they're not even going to make it in. So Speaking of Northeastern, 30 seconds on the Women's National Championship where Northeastern lost in overtime. Minnesota Duluth in the semifinals. Ohio State won the whole dang thing. Yeah, I mean, that's tough for Northeastern because, like, you know, as much as... We like to not <laughs> no like it's because like, as much as annoyed as we are as Northeastern women's hockey just completely dominating hockey's for the last gotta respect it um like you have to respect it especially when they make it to the national tournaments the whole conference pride thing you know uh-huh. you'd rather the local team win it yep um but they lose in double overtime to Minnesota Duluth tough. um tough goal Franco got a piece of it. Goes in behind her. Very similar in some ways to the one that UConn gave up to UMass. Like it, it skipped off Fontaine a little bit, and like Frankel almost had it. Did it skip off Fontaine? It. I think so. She was oh, definitely in the that. shooting lane. The other one, it skipped off Condalik a little bit, and Hanson almost had it, but it squeaked in. Very well, because similar well, way. Frankel still tracked it, got a piece of it, trying to make a save. Not enough. And Hanson wasn't just going the complete other way, anticipating it, and where it went off Condalique's sleeve and arm and kind of just fluttered in over his shoulder. Jakob Condalique, newest, newest Nashville Predator. Good for him. Um, but yeah, Ohio State wins it, which, I mean, they were number one yeah. pretty much all year. Um, yeah. So, good for Ohio State. You never really think sure. of Ohio State as being a hockey school. Well. But the men's team was on the bubble for... Yeah, men's um, team was the last team cut. to miss. Uh, or it was Clarkson, one of them. I believe it was Ohio State. So at least they got their women's national championship. Yeah. And they probably wouldn't have the men's win anyway. Sorry, Jake Wise. <laughs> men's national tournament. You hear the paper fluttering. We have our picks in stone or in tree. Parchment. Papyrus Ooh, paper. Papyrus. I wrote it on a leaf yes. with my own blood. Now, I have a very nice pen. And I wrote it in my very lucky pen because this is all going to be correct. Because I used numbers. You used numbers. I just kind of went off the dome, fired it off. <laughs> I like that. Well, well, that's why I did with my March Madness bracket. And so far, so good. So far, I'm still in the mix, and you're you basement. were cooked after day one. I'm in the basement. So, so for, and that's I feel like that's been the case every year. <laughs> of course, you because you, you my, my brother remembers things too. Always, I won every year. Well, no, 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 no. But yeah. I, you always put a ton of effort, crunch numbers, everything, yeah. and I always feel like you're out of the mix pretty quickly. The world's not fair. That's all I have to say. So yeah, well, these well these things where there's so many po- possibilities yep, you just, just you can't it. even think about it, just down the list. That's true. Well, I, I was going off of like storylines for the basketball bracket. I was like, oh, this team, you know, they were there last year. Or this team, you know, they got so many grad students, or you know, that kind of thing. This time, going all numbers. I am just pure analytics. I don't care what's happened before. I don't care who's on your team. I just want to know. The numbers. So does AIC have crazy underlying numbers and they're going to beat Michigan? AIC has some good numbers in their favor. They're fifth in the country in power play percentage. Atlantic hockey. Michigan is 18th in the country in penalty kill percentage. So maybe there's an advantage there. Maybe you look at Michigan with 55th ranked in penalties 
or penalty minutes per game. So the, the some of the, the most lowest. 55th most, most. Oh. and I made us per game. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I see it at 14th. So 50 f- 55th in terms of worse, so that would be more penalty minutes. Correct. Okay. Yes. You look at AIC being the youngest, or sorry, the oldest team in the in college hockey. You look at Michigan being the eighth youngest. Just stats like that that kind of make you think, but no, I but pick Michigan. Yeah, it's like Michigan can, has the younger players, but they're just better than AIC's older players. Third in the country in goals per game, seventh in goals against per game, fifth in shots per game. So I pick Michigan too. Yeah, there you go. Second game, Quinnipiac, St. Cloud State. This was my hardest pick of the entire I bracket. I love this game. This was the This was the one for me. I could not decide. I wanted to pick our Huskies. I wanted to pick them too. But there's just... I picked the Bobcats. They're kind of just there. It's kind of how I look at Northeastern versus Western Western Michigan. Quinnipiac has the goalie. Quinnipiac has the goalie for sure. I mean, there's... If there's anybody in the tournament who can hold a candle to Devin Levi and Dryden McKay, yeah, it's... I don't even remember this kid's name. I can't even say it. Yaniv Peretz. Peretz. That's from uh, a place similar to I can't Devin say Levi. It. I, just rem- I just didn't remember it. Yeah, they um, are first in the country in goals against per game, like the fewest... They are first in penalty kill percentage. They are second in shots against per game. So their defense is basically the yeah. best in the country so, so against mostly ECAC competition. Yeah. So the so the one knock against Quinnipiac is they play in the ECAC. It's like, but it's not yeah. like but in their conference tournament, it's not like they played against absolute bums. Like Cornell was ranked very highly going into the year, didn't pan out, and they lost to Harvard, who again was ranked very highly, and is still like was still very much in the mix for the Beanpot. Um, except it wasn't really that close against yep. BU, but they were our pick at the beginning of the year. Yep. So, well, and like, it's I guess ECAC, you can just say it's a top he- or bottom heavy conference. Right. But there's something to be said for the goalie. And, yep. like, I don't know. Still a respectable offense, too. First in goals against per game, third in shots per game. Look at St. Cloud State. They're 18th in shots against per game, yeah. 20th in goals against per game. I just don't think that bodes well for David Rennick and the Huskies. Well, that's the whole thing. I think Peretz is just way better than Rennick. Yeah. Because um, St. Cloud State, like Western Michigan against Northeastern, might have the more balanced attack offensively. Uh-huh. But I think it's the, the goalie matters so much this time of year. So, takes you to Michigan there. Michigan Do they have Quinnipiac. a good enough goalie to take down Quinnipiac? No. You pick Quinnipiac. I think Quinnipiac can hold off St. Cloud State and Michigan but I think that's where their magic runs out. I agree. Looking for my Frozen Four. I think Quinnipiac wins this regional. I look at stats like face-off percentage, Quinnipiac second in the country, Michigan 33rd. Or how about like the saves against, or sorry, shots against, Michigan's 26th, and we know Quinnipiac is second. Also, Michigan allows, or the, like I said, 55th penalty minutes. Or I think there's a reason Michigan why. Michigan is ninth, or sorry, Quinnipiac is ninth in the country. Fewest penalty minutes. So, so, so there's a reason why you know of everybody on Michigan seemingly except the goalie. Ooh, I like that. And he's played a ton of games. Yeah, all but he might two. be the oldest player on the team. Right? I forget his name. Patrillo. Portillo. 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 Yeah. There's a reason you don't know him. Interesting. It's a young team with a ton of talent. That's not to say he's a bum because obviously he's a good player. They're, to be on that team. I mean, they're probably the favorite. They have been all season. Who Michigan? Yep. Yeah, Minnesota State probably favorite at this point but there's a lot of pressure on them we'll see if they can handle it I mean they're fourth in the nation in shooting percentage if you care about that stat third in goals per game so right. so Eric Portillo or Portillo we're still book is out on that third round pick by the Sabres in 2019 
So they're they're kind of goalie factory. Okay. Although he's been very good this year. Two nine twenty eight, two oh six, twenty nine, nine and one. Solid. Solid. So I, I I shouldn't I shouldn't bash him as much as I did. I just think Quinnipiac has the I don't know. I mean, Peretz has rivaled Levi's numbers. Yeah. You know, like, talking Peretz about is him. having like a great like historic freshman season. There's another goalie who might be the better or the best goalie in the country, and he's right here in our region. Yep. And you forget about that because Devin Levi exists. Worcester, who you got for the Western Michigan Northeastern game? So I take the same approach to St. Cloud State here because Western Michigan, St. Cloud doesn't have as many top scorers in the top 50 in the country as Western Michigan. Um, but they're a more balanced attack, I think, than Quinnipiac. Yep. Um, Western Michigan, again, high-powered offense. I looked, goalie, goalie's numbers don't hold a candle to Levi's. So I think Levi steals Northeastern in this game. Yeah, very interesting because uh, Western Michigan is fourth in goals per game. Northeastern's 34th. But then Western Michigan is 20th in goals against per game. And Northeastern is third. So it's like they're a balance there or something. But also, Northeastern is 49th in shots per game. Western Michigan 16th. And then Northeastern 48th in shots against per game. Western Michigan 27th. So I just think so that just, there's, there's going like, to be a little too much coming at Northeastern. And eventually the volume's going to get to them, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's... But we've seen Northeastern be able to withstand running gun and hockey east against true. UConn until the semifinals they, when they swept UConn. Also the seventh youngest team in college hockey. Northeastern. Northeastern. Yeah. Western Michigan, 28th. I don't know. But... I, I, I just see... You I ready see for this Levi one? stealing this one. Western Michigan ranks first in average height and average weight. Wow. Do you put any stock in that one? Eh. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, mean, I could I, see him pushing around. And plus, uh, like Jack Hughes. Part part of deep deep down, part of me is so I'm spo- spoiling my next pick. But part of me is Northeastern UMass, so we get a mass team in the Frozen Four I to do. really get some attendance. I mean, I'll be happy either way here because, like, yeah, it's conference pride, all that. I'll be happy if Northeastern or UMass wins, but I am picking against both of them because I do think Minnesota's going to win that two three game. I think uh, thirteen in shots per game where UMass is 23rd in shots against per game, Minnesota 11th in shots against per game, UMass 27th in shots per game, so maybe advantage Gophers there. Also, UMass is the 40th youngest team, 41st in height, 34th in weight. Minnesota goes 4th in age, 6th in height, 3 in weight, if you care about any of that. So you're kind of proving why uh, Bobby Trevino is so good. Why is that? You're oh, because he's small and good. You're overlooking <laughs> UMass because of the weight. Because of all these factors, Bobby Trevino's risen above all of those. Okay, he's a unicorn. He's a one guy. I'm picking UMass. Does, again, it's it's conference pride, and I want a Massachusetts team in the Frozen Four. Um, yeah, that's like really nothing else went into my pick against like, and plus it's like national defending national champions. Something I don't, said. I don't think they get bounced in the first round. Yeah, it's I one don't of think those. Greg Carvel gets bounced in the first round. I'll be happy I don't think either Bobby way. Trevino gets bounced in the first round. I think it's a little tough too for UMass to be a three seed. I yes. think if they win that BC series but, at the end of the year, they're probably a two seed. But being in Worcester, fan support. That's Minnesota. Big. That is, is big. How, how well is Minnesota going to travel to Worcester, Massachusetts? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not well. UMass will be back for spring break. Yeah, it's forty minutes west of east of Amherst. And they're selling student tickets that include bus, and it's thirty-five dollars total. Yeah, bus both ways and a. Regional semifinal ticket. Pretty big. UMass is going to have the home crowd. That's why I picked them over Northeastern. Okay. Because I think Devin Levi's magic runs out. 
I think Northeastern. I think UMass is just a better team than Northeastern. Wait, you you went UMass and Northeastern? Yep. Oh my God! I think Devin Levi can steal them the game against Western Michigan. I think the magic runs out though. Okay. Sort of like it did against UConn, because he's human. He UConn is. proved he's human. That um, he is. But. So I'm the exact opposite. I have Minnesota and Western Michigan in that regional final, and I go Minnesota there. They are, let's see, they are uh, 12th in faceoff percentage, where Western Michigan is 24th, uh, or sorry, 21st. Western Michigan 24th in penalty minutes per game. Minnesota 7th, so maybe there's a discipline thing there that favors the Gophers. Also the 4th oldest team in college hockey where Western Michigan is the 28th. I just think that helps. But that would be a pretty heavy-hitting matchup. Both teams yeah. top 6 in age, height, and weight. So yeah, I went UMass over Northeastern because of the Levi thing, and I think UMass just has too many things they can beat Northeastern with. They can play the pack-it-in, let-the-goalie-do-the-work style of game. They can play the run-and-gun style of play. They can play pretty right. much. They can beat you pretty much wow. any which way. So you got Minnesota and Quinnipiac. No, sorry. You have UMass and Quinnipiac so far. I have Minnesota and Quinnipiac. Yep. Albany, Minnesota State against Harvard. Minnesota State. This might be the most lopsided game of the tournament. Like, sorry to Gibby Smalls and, <laughs> you know. We will remember you. Like, Owen and James, part of the Bangor Four, I guess, are Owen's boys with Farinacci on Harvard. Apparently. Who knew? Um. But I, I just don't see Harvard. I just don't see there how there's any way Harvard beats Minnesota State. Minnesota State is first in shooting percentage, third in power play per, uh, percentage, sixth in penalty kill percentage, first in faceoff percentage, second in goals per game, second in goals against per game, tenth in shots per game, first in shots against per game. That's bananas. They're just good. They've won 15 games in a row. That dates back to January 14th. Yeah. You have to pick them. I mean, Harvard... There's just no way Minnesota State loses. Harvard's outside the top 20 in all those percentage stats I just mentioned. Pretty respectable for the per-game stats. 10th in goals per game, 9th in goals against per game, 7th in shots per game, 10th in shots against per game, 6th in penalty minutes per game. But they're the second youngest. No, they are the youngest team in college hockey. Minnesota State, the 15th oldest. Feel like that matters. Although Harvard's heavier. Think about that one. But we both picked Minnesota State there pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, Dryden McKay wins the battle against Gibson. So Never know. Don't count out Gibby Smalls, the notorious GIB. Notorious GIB. North Gibby Dakota, Smalls. Notre Dame. I go North Dakota pretty much based on reputation here. Um, yeah. Okay. They just lost the NCHC semifinals to Western Michigan. Slipping a little bit. But that's a loaded conference. 18th in goals per loaded game, 20th conference. in goals against per game, 45th in shots per game. It's just like I don't know, 41st. Penalty when when you're playing, game. when pretty much everyone in that turn, that conference can make the national tournament, yep. you're, you're going to suffer a little bit that's on true. the per-game stats. Well, yeah, and Notre Dame does benefit. I mean, Big Ten's a good conference, but 10th in goals per game compared to 20th or compared to 18th for North, North Dakota. 5th in goals against per game compared to 20th. How about eighth in shots per game compared to forty first or forty fifth? Like the list goes on here, favoring the Irish, even though they just lost the Big Ten semifinals to Michigan. I'm taking well, Notre it's Dame. Well, just kind of across the board, Northeast, North Notre Dame and Ohio State. Aside from Ohio State women's hockey, just failing to do anything in a big game. Yep. So I guess that's true. It's, it's reputation pick there. Interesting. Notre Dame also second penalty kill, second best penalty kill in the country. So I'm gonna go with the Irish there. But going with the Fighting Hawks. Interesting. So uh, that takes us to Minnesota State. Minnesota State. Y- yeah. Whether they face North Dakota or Notre Dame, 
I think it's the Mavericks. Yep. So we have three-fourths of the Frozen Four. Quinnipiac, UMass, Minnesota State. Sure do. Loveland, that, Colorado. That's right. The, the, the Westernmost. The are flying to Loveland. That's too bad. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like, I would like to see them. We got friends who would like to see them. I was excited because nope, the initial bracket that got leaked, because there were a bunch of different possibilities, and the committee pretty much let the pairwise decide who went where. Like yeah. the pretty much the committee, which I, I like, let the pairwise pretty much decide everything. Yep. Because but, but every now and then you get the committee kind of choosing like, oh, does this make sense to sw- flip this bracket for travel and such? But they didn't do any of that this time. Not really. Denver, UMass, Lowell. Don't tell me you're picking. Denver. Denver's a buzzsaw. Yep. Denver's a buzzsaw. First in goals per game in the country. Second in shots per game. Fourth in shots against per game. 49th in penalty minutes per game. Not a very disciplined bunch. Kind of like Michigan a little bit. They seem similar. They're also the third youngest team, the second shortest team, and the sixth lightest team. Does that concern you? No. It's a full team we, of Bobby we talked, this, we talked about this earlier. Because you said Norm's guys are just going to bully the Pioneers. They could. But they have to catch up to the Pioneers in the first place. Yep. They have to keep up with them. They do. Like, Denver, <laughs> we, this is really going to put Norm Bazin I was in, just the, in the style of get the most out of so little to the test. This is the biggest test. Yeah, because their game is heavy. They're top 20 in each height but and weight. Top to bottom, production, skill, Pedigree, Denver yeah. checks all those boxes with the roster. I agree. And maybe Norm Bazin gets some of that, get the most out of nothing tonight. That'd or be the other coming up. Yeah, that'd be incredible if he does. That would be career defining win. Yeah. But I'm going Denver. Denver. Michigan Tech. We will remember Matt Corsia. No Matt longer Corsia with them. Matt left that team to go play in the ECHL. Now maybe we don't. It wasn't we his don't, choice. We don't know why. Don't know why. Don't know why. Don't know Just why. Interesting. Uh, Michigan, Minnesota Duluth, the other team there. That's a second seed for Duluth, a third seed for Michigan Tech. I go Duluth Minnesota coming Duluth. off of winning the NCHC tournament, a resounding 3 nothing win over Western Michigan in that final. But I don't know, Patrick. I go in Duluth. 34th in goals per game, 21st in shots per game, 26th in penalty minutes per you game? Can, you can throw your numbers at me. I'm just... I'm, you're not scaring me. 43rd in shooting percentage? They got okay power play and penalty kill, 13-14, respectively. Oh, but what's, just, what's going on in that Michigan Tech room that Matt Garcia had to leave? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Good point. That being Maybe said, it was I'm a picking Michigan thing. Tech. Maybe it was on his end, but... I'm taking another 3-2 upset here going Michigan Tech, second best power play in the country, third best penalty kill, 10th in goals per game, 4th in goals against per game, 6th in shots per game, 3rd in shots against per game, ninth in penalty minutes per game. They got it all going on. They're just like Minnesota State. It's all working for them. They're 10th in the oldest team. They're 26th tallest and 14th heaviest. I think Michigan Tech, for a guy who has never watched a game of Michigan Tech hockey, for a guy who doesn't even know their mascot, the Huskies, probably chances are they're Huskies. Huskies, yeah. Okay. I like this team a lot. What's Western Michigan? I want to say Huskies. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Let's look. For all those things, I am still taking Michigan Tech. Bronco. Western Michigan Broncos. There's too many Huskies in college hockey. Yeah, we, that's very Saint Too, too many State, dogs, too many Northeastern, UConn, Michigan Tech. There's got to be more. Got to be more. Uh, Northern Michigan's the Wildcats. So is UNH. That's another overused one, Wildcat. Nittany Lions. A cat. 
Yep. Too many cats. Colorado College. They're the... Get something unique like the Terrier. Colorado College is, is some sort of cat. All right, we just hit an hour. So uh, finishing off the Loveland Regional, you have Denver Duluth. I, I have Denver, Denver, Denver Michigan Duluth. Tech. I have Michigan Tech beating Denver. I have Denver. I'm also kind of going on teams I want to see at the Frozen Four. That's true. I'm definitely not doing that. Like, Denver wins a national title like every other year. At least it feels like when I've been paying attention since like middle school or whatever. Yep. I just look at Michigan Tech's second best power That's play. That's hyperbole, of course. Denver, but. the 41st best penalty kill. Also have to think Denver. Fourth in faceoff percentage. Michigan Tech, size. 40th. But also Michigan Tech, like I said, 10th in age. Denver, 57th. But it's like AIC versus Michigan. If your younger players are just better than the older players. Yeah. It's a definite possibility. We just I said Denver's riding, a buzzsaw. I'm riding Michigan Tech. Even and though Denver's going to cut right through Quinnipiac. Michigan Tech to the Frozen Four. So that leaves our matchups. Quinnipiac See, against if, Duluth for you. Yeah. And Michigan Tech for me. Who you No, no. There? Quinnipiac against Denver. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. And then UMass yeah. against Minnesota State. Minnesota State, like... It was one of those things. They were too good to not pick against North Dakota. But North Dakota, like, I would have loved to see them at the Frozen Four. Yeah, that is true. I was so excited when I thought they were going to be in Worcester, and they're not. Womp womp. Um, I'll but, be excited for whoever's at the Frozen Four. Yeah. But, so I go Quinnipiac, Denver. I take Denver. Interesting. Denver to the final. The The magic runs out for um, Yaniv Peretz. No. Um, <laughs> like, you know, Dent... Quinnipiac is going to be able to, you know, it's it's like it's like Levi and the goaltender. There's just going to be a point where they just can't hold off the attack anymore. Yep. And it's going to come against Denver because they're just too good. So for me, too it's, good for Quinnipiac. For me, Michigan Tech Quinnipiac. You go Quinnipiac. It's because you almost went there too. Do so I, do I? Can I go Quinnipiac? Yeah, you do. Michigan Tech oh, to Jesus the national Christ. championship game. Jesus Christ. Third in penalty. <laughs> The kill percentage. Quinnipiac has the 50th best power play. That's probably the 10th worst, if I had to guess. Quinnipiac, the 46th heaviest team. Michigan Tech, the 14th. The numbers don't lie, Patrick. Okay. Okay. That's, that's your Michigan prerogative. Your Tech numbers don't scare me. Going. They may not lie, but they don't scare me. 10th oldest me. team. Because when your numbers right fail you bank. and you miss on, was it 16, 16 games? All I of them? <laughs> Did I miss all no, of them? I'm trying to think of how many there are in the regional first round of the regionals. It's no, it's twelve. Eight. Twelve? Yeah. Two, four, six, eight. In the first round, it's eight. Yeah. In the regionals. When, when overall, you, when it's you miss on five of eight because your numbers <laughs> your numbers fail you and I miss on two of eight. Maybe. I'll be sitting here laughing. I know you will. You will either way. The other one, Minnesota State against I have Minnesota, you have UMass. I ha I take Minnesota State in that. Me too. There we go. We agree. I mean, they're just so hot. Thirteen in a row. It's the de- it's the whole thing against Denver and their whole se- sector of the tournament. They're just too good, at least from my perspective. I would agree. National championship. Michigan Tech against Minnesota State Don't for you me. Dare. Don't you? Am dare. I taking three seed Michigan Tech, just like Union a few years ago, all the way? Mike Fecchioni, shout out Molly Catholic. No, I'm not. Minnesota State wins it all. Minnesota State wins it all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, you just, like I said, those crazy numbers. 
uh, top 10 in shots percentage, power play percentage, penalty kill percentage, faceoff percentage, goals per game, goals against per game, t- shots per game, shots against per, uh, shots against per game in a great conference or a good conference, CCHA. It's got to be the Mavericks. Has to be. And they've been, they've, they're kind of entering St. <laughs> Cloud State territory oh, for me. Gosh. If they don't get it done this year. Because it feels like Minnesota State, we know nothing about them. Mankato is this uh, mythical place. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Just it is. in the northern Netherlands region. It's the, there somewhere. In the ether of northern United States. Man, where, where the F is Mankato? <laughs> Mankato. Um, whatever. <laughs> um, and so they're just always good for some reason. Yep. The Mavericks, or right? The Mavericks? Sure. Um, great uniforms, great logo. Yeah, but they're always good, but then they always find a way to lose. Always hood. <laughs> um, but I think this year, you know, I, I think it's just kind of like... It's all lining up. It's all lining up. They're just too good. Dryden McKay still, still locking it down in the goal. And somehow they're still slept on. They've been number one in the pairwise forever. And well, that's the whole thing. Every single year, they're like them. top five and everything, and it just doesn't matter because they'll lose. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry for the uh, the Huskies who I have making a Cinderella run all the way to the final just to lose. But when Michigan Tech is playing in the championship on April 9th at TD Garden, you remember this moment. <laughs> okay, is that going to be one of the three you get right in the regionals? That'd be incredible. <laughs> You'll never hear the end of it if it's right. I am investing everything in Michigan Tech. All right, Minnesota <laughs> State. I'm, you know, it's it's so hard to. I hate picking a one seed, or there are two technically. I hate picking, you know, one in the pairwise, one by the math, one by they're one in the rankings, I believe. Um, yeah. How are they two? How is Michigan one? They're thirty-five and five. That's bananas. Yeah, they don't lose. It's just impossible to pick against them. Yep. Impossible. Yep. So I think that does it. <laughs> I think that does it. Man, we have been all around. I hope you enjoyed. And I don't mean to completely disrespect Minnesota State by that whole tangent I went on. Because, no, you know, I'm pumping their tires. There. It's, it's gotta, impossible it's to pick against them. Their history, they got to live with it. Yep. Well, anyways. All right. We got the regionals this week. It's going to be good. Hopefully, go? I'll be in Worcester. I'm still waiting on my credential approval. Ooh. Um, You're not going to go. Nah. I'm got disappointed big, in I you. I have bigger games to attend, you know. I'm disappointed in you. I get one weekend off from hockey. Better take advantage of it. That's just the plan. Anyway. Maybe I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll end up buying a ticket or something. <laughs> Probably not. Okay. Well, okay. remember when all of my picks are right and when all of Brady's picks are wrong. We'll find out. Um, you can yell at us on Twitter at Pat on Twelve at Brady D Gardner at WTB Sports. We had hockey East tournament coverage this week. I have to post three takeaways that I did today at Warrior during the trade deadline because um, I didn't really have much to do because the Bruins didn't do much. Um, yeah, why were you there? Well, Sweeney's talked at four, uh-huh. um, and I didn't really have anything else to do, and other people were there, so I was kind of like, I'll just go hang out and get some work done there yeah. instead of hanging out here and doing some work. Nice. Um, a little flex there. Yeah, and they got us pizza for lunch, too. Aw. Bruins. Hashtag Bruins. Um, BU but, men's basketball lost 76 to 46 just now. Out in the CBI. Yeah. So that's the that, that's actually the end. There's no other Wah-wah. tournament they can go to now. Hey, they were the last Patriot League team standing. Do you wish there was a second tournament for hockey? The way there's the NIT and the CBI. Mm. I kind of do. It'd be kind of fun. But at the same time... From a team who... Or from a, from a person who goes to a school that's made the national tournament no, once I in think, four years. I think hockey's good. Maybe like a... Maybe playing games. 
I do wish Ooh. it lasted a long, little longer and Slash was a little bigger. Hmm. Like, maybe you do in two of the regionals, like, against two of the regionals. Yeah, if you do in two of the regionals, just a playing game. Like, kind of the women's tournament a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Because it does, like, I don't know, because it... It does top, 20, top 20 teams in the pairwise, you can make a case for why they should be there. Every Like, everyone kind of in that mix. Yeah. Um, so every year someone feels like they got robbed. Um, but you not necessarily, even though they were on the bubble, we don't really feel like we were robbed. No. But, um, and yeah. also it's, I don't know, just, it fe- maybe, and it's cause, probably because we're such big hockey guys, but it feels smaller than it should be, the tournament. Um, yeah. I mean, it's almost a third of all college hockey But that's games. exactly why you, I don't think you can do a second tournament. Yeah. At most, I think you add two playing games. Interesting. Yeah, probably. Although I do like what they're doing this year where they're spreading it out across four days. Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, noon to midnight, basically. Pretty much. I like that a lot. I like that. All righty. That's everything. That's a an hour ten. Yeah. Well. Good stuff. Big weekend across the nation. Um. But, yeah. Yeah. I already said the plugs. The website is sites.bu.edu slash WTBU slash sports. Uh, Google WTBU Sports. It's all there. Um, don't go to sportswtbu.com. Well, if you want a little time capsule, you Yeah, should. if you want some time capsules, for sure. Yeah. Um, we had some great pandemic content there. Um, but in any event, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.